it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 565 for October 4th, 2018. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchas with Programming by Stealth, installment 64 of X. We're getting there. We're all binary today, huh, Bart? Yeah, so we're two to the power of eight. Go us. Woohoo! We're 64-bit. Yay! We've joined the modern world. That's what we should have called it, right? <laughs> True. Well, are we going to have fun today? I hope so. Um, so Always no homework goal. to look at, which is weird. I know it just feels wrong to be starting the show <laughs> without the homework. Well, can I to brag about my, my success with the homework anyway? Yes, yes. That seems like a perfectly good substitute. <laughs> so uh, as you will remember, guys, uh, Bart went through the homework last week, but he said we could have another week to finish doing it on our own. And uh, the first thing you need to know is I have the memory of a goldfish, so I couldn't remember how he solved the rest of it that I had not yet solved. So I went in and I solved it all on my own, uh, with the exception of that last W100 nonsense with the uh, with the, the blocks and all that. I didn't, I didn't get that right. But I got everything else working myself. I got the jQuery to work. I got it to insert in the right places. And, um, and I didn't cheat off your paper at all. And so I was Aww. quite proud of my little self. Excellent. So well, in that case, I'm glad I gave an extra week for the homework then, because it sounds like it was valuable time. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I realized when I got completely done that I forgot one part that I sort of cheated on. Remember, I had inserted the text area into the title uh, instead of into the yes. heading instead of make it separate. I never went back and fixed that. And I didn't remember that until I was tired and had put it away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, I had lots of fun and I got it. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So we are going to continue our exploration of forms um, this time. So, so far we've learned how to do the the default form layout, which is basically just you have a label and then underneath it you have a thing where people can put some information and then another label and then another few things where people can put some information. And so we can do text areas and text boxes and select uh, radio buttons and checkboxes. So it's the form basics is where we started. And then last time we learned all about button groups and all the cool things you can do with buttons, which is quite a lot in jQuery, it's, or not jQuery, in Bootstrap. It's, it's very good at its buttons. Um, but now it's time to take a step back a bit and go away from the default layout, which is labels stacked on top of form fields, you know, basically grouped one after the other, and look at the other ways we can lay out a form, because it probably won't come as a surprise to you that Bootstrap can do it many, 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 many different ways. But we're just going to learn three. So we already have the default. We're going to learn three more. So in total, there are four different ways of laying out your form. And the last one is basically the catch-all. The fourth one covers everything. It's called grid. So three guesses where that's going. (laughs) Why are we learning four different ways to do the same thing? Well, because it's not the same thing. Oh, okay. Like, there's no, like, a form is not a generic thing right it's sometimes you want the tiny little form to allow you to enter one little thing sometimes you have a big complex form some you know like if you think about the amount solving of different, different problems as it were yes exactly so the amount of different times you would enter information into a website it, it there's all sorts of different use cases and sometimes you want you know a default form will be fine like if you have a, a sidebar say where it's not too wide then a login box in this default stacked format seems pretty much perfect to me if you can imagine in a left sidebar in a blog, label, text area, label, text area, login button, seems perfect. Yeah. But if you were on a big e-commerce site and they were looking for a whole bunch of information off you and you're on a laptop with a big wide screen, if everything was the full width of the page, you know, first name, 
full width of page, surname full width of page <laughs> underneath. I mean, you'd be doing a lot of scrolling and you wouldn't think it was particularly pleasing to the eye or particularly well designed, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so there are different forms, different horses for different courses. So we shall learn about the different ways of doing it. So we already know the default, so that one's in the bag. So we're going to look at three alternatives. So we're going to start with the simplest one, which is designed for itty-bitty, teeny-weeny, itsy-bitsy, tiny forms. So you, you'll often see, um, there's a couple of examples of this. It might be a subtle um, search interface in, the, in, a, in a header at the top of a website, right? That's not one thing stacked on top of another. It's just a text box next to a button. Or maybe in the footer of a WordPress site, you might find username, password, login, so that the admins can log in. But it's right there at the bottom and it's hidden away. It's just an old, in a nice little single line. So if you don't have much information to gather and you don't want to make it a big in-your-face thing, then an inline form is actually very useful. And mm. so that's the first alternative we have, which is simply called inline. And the markup for it is very straightforward. Um, you basically take something, anything of your choosing, and you wrap it around the few things that make up your form and you give it the class form-inline. And then you're pretty much done. Hmm. Okay. So there's no need for form groups because it's a very simplistic little form. Um, Bootstrap's documentation do give you a few little things they'd like you to consider. Um, so the first thing they would say to you is, in order to support people who need accessibility support, you should always use labels, even though you're almost certainly going to hide them. So hmm. for a visual person, if you think of a typical subtle little search form, it doesn't say search colon, then a text area, and then a button. It just has a text area and a button labeled search because that really is all you need visually to tell you what's going on. Right. Or a login button that might say username as the placeholder text, password as the other placeholder text, and then login. So there's no need for password colon text box. Username right. colon text right. box, right? So a little inline form is very, very likely not to have visible labels. But you do need to tell a screen reader what's going on. So our good friend SOR-ONI comes marching into view. And so we label it as normal. And then we hide it from the browser by saying class equals SOR-ONI. That's so clean. Mm. Exactly. So and then at that stage, it's just very, very straightforward, right? So if you look at a sample one, I have a sample little login form uh, in the show notes here. So P class equals form dash inline label class equals s or only username input type equals text id whatever class is still form control and um, we'll come back to the other stuff in a moment and then placeholder equals username so the placeholder means that when the text box is empty it's going to say username so that way we avoid needing a label and then also we have if you actually accept it uh like if you were to just press login it might accept username and password as the username and password in that case Right? The placeholder text becomes the real text? Nope. Placeholder, no, placeholder text doesn't. Oh. If you were to say value equals, it would. But placeholder text is just a visual hint. It's, ex it's there so that you can have a form that tells okay. the user what to do but doesn't validate. I thought you had something in your solution last week that, um, that did that, and I thought it was placeholder. I must have been mistaken. Uh, okay. No, I just had a default basically said if value... So basically... The value I put into my alert was either the value from the text box or a default value. So it was an or statement. So basically dollar sign, oh, whatever the yeah, thing Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember the or. Now I remember. Yeah, I remember going, I'm not doing that and erasing it in mine. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 
I know. I'd like to have default. I'm, I'm, a, okay, I'm a friendly programmer. Um, Actually, and what then, you do is for the default in the username and password, you make it a really obnoxious username, like boogers <laughs> at iCloud.com or something. <laughs> True. So, yeah, okay. So we had a label, an input, a label, an input, and a button. Now, the first thing is we have next to both of the inputs, we have an M or dash two-ish. We have an M or SM two. So this is where I get to tell you there's a very, very small little subtlety with these inline forms. So they are indeed inline at every breakpoint except the very, very, very smallest breakpoint. At the very smallest breakpoint, an inline form will collapse. Wait, hang on. Uh, am I right about that or am I mixing this up with horizontal forms? No, no, ignore me. I'm talking I'm talking poop. I am mixing up my two types of form <laughs> because there's four of them. Never mind. Never mind. Okay, so uh, backing up Emily Latella. So in this case, you say MR-SM-2 because... Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Back, uh, undo my undoing. Well, I was <laughs> okay. right. I just, because I've managed to, to mess up one of my image tags, everything looks silly. Let me fix that bloody image tag so that I can see my own stuff because it's just confusing to me now when it, I can't see what so, I'm doing. While, while you work on that, I'm going to uh, vamp for you for a moment here and tell you how happy this part is going to make Dorothy because she's oh. always saying to me, how does he remember all of this stuff? How does There's the, the label and the ID and the, 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 the screen reader stuff in the class and how does he keep track of all of it? And so for you to get mixed up once in a while, just it makes the rest of us feel better. Bart. But I don't remember any of it. I remember one thing, getbootstrap.com. <laughs> and I click documentation, and then I click what I want in the side menu. No, no developer remembers these things. That's well, what API documentation that. is for. And she said, yeah, but you go look at the documentation, and there's 52,000 different things on that page. And so it's hard to find. And so you must have to remember something about how to get in there and what to look all for. You, and... All you have to remember is the structure of the docs, which in the case of Bootstrap is which of the four legs of the stool is it? And then once you click into the leg of the stool, all the headings are there. You just click the heading you want, and you're in. Yeah, I don't know. I'm with I'm with Dorothy on a lot of this stuff. Like, I'll go to the the jQuery API and go, nah, I don't know what any of that means, and I'll go look for examples and go, oh, I know what that means, and then I'll go test it and it'll work. So, well, I guess what you learn is how to look stuff up efficiently is what you yes. get with practice. And every project has their own unique and interesting style, and every piece of documentation has its own quirks, features right. maybe, depending on how generous you're being. Uh, <laughs> But it does make all of us feel better that you just got mixed up. That was yes. that was the point of me telling that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The real developers, it, it sort of reminds me of the thing where people say, oh, you're a wonderful photographer. I've never seen you take a bad picture. It's like, yes, <laughs> correct. You've never seen me take a bad picture because I don't share those. Right, right. Yes. Okay. So getting back here. So nice and simple You want to rewind structure. and pretend you didn't say anything about collapsing. Yes, because then I can tell you again. So, okay, so... Okay. The way an inline form works is that on all the view, on all the breakpoints, except for the teeniest of weeniest of tiniest of breakpoints, which is XS, as in everything smaller than SM, which is small, uh, it actually collapses into full width. Automatically. So, yes. So if you take, so if you loaded up our PBS 64.8 HTML, which has all of these forms, so all of these code snippets are in that one HTML file, one after the other, which is a bit weird. But if we take a regular inline form, right? So if you have your browser window open at a normal, sane human size, you have three things next to each other and it all looks nice. Right. Yes. 
mm-hmm. you then collapse your browser window right down to the smallest size, oh, look, now we've gotten full width. Now it looks like a default form. Right. So it's username above password above login. Yeah, exactly. And so once you get to that lowest breakpoint, it defaults to full width, which okay. that lowest breakpoint is for vertically held smartphones. So it really is the teeniest of tiniest of pixel screens. It's less than 500 pixels across or something tiny. So it's actually very sensible. like a, a 5S or a, or a 4 screen width too, right? Yeah, I, I'm not even sure if you could take a modern iPhone XS, let alone a ten, actually a XS Max. You definitely couldn't. I don't think a XS Max will ever go to the smallest breakpoint. It may not right. even make it to the second smallest breakpoint. It may actually behave like a tablet. <laughs> kind of is a tablet, really, isn't it? In your pocket. That's a XS Max. Anyway, uh, so. What are all these margins doing everywhere, right? So class equals form control, and then we have mr-sm-2, mb-2. So let's do the mr-sm2 first. So if I didn't put... Actually, let's just say if I take all of those mors out, so the mr and the mb, if I take them all out, what will happen is username will touch against password, will touch against login. Okay. And when they collapse, they will also touch. Hmm. Right. So by default, basically, Bootstrap says, I'm expecting you're going to want some amount of padding. I have no idea. And I say padding in completely the wrong sense of the word. It's a margin because it's outside the right. border. Uh, the padding is technically the bit between the U of username and the edge of the text box. But we leave that aside. Uh, anyway, spacing. Uh, Bootstrap says, I'm pretty sure you're going to want some spacing, but I have no idea what spacing you want. So I'll tell you what, over to you. And so you can decide if you want them really, really tight together, you might go MRSM1, you know, or if you, maybe you want them banging off each other, in which case, leave it at zero by default. So and help again, me out remembering this again. So MR means margin right of mm-hmm. things on SM bigger than, wait, so bigger small than SM? and up. So small and up. And what's the two? Uh, it's the number between zero and five that tells you the okay. size of okay. the, with zero being no margin, five okay. being the biggest margin, and everything else being equally distributed. So this between. is just the margin to the right, though, that that you yes. put on here. Okay. Precisely. In other words, so username has a margin to the right, and password has a margin to the right, and the button does not. So that okay. means that the left edge of username is touching the left edge of the form and the right edge of the login button is touching the right edge of the form and then there's two little spaces to make things look right in the normal run of things. So why so don't if we... I took, if I took MR-SM-1 off of the first regular inline form, shouldn't they bang into each other? Uh, they should, but the, uh, there is no dash one on the first form. That's in the second oh, form. sorry. I'm in the second form. That's why it's not doing anything. I was looking at going, that doesn't make sense as a match. Look at that. They bang up next to each other. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So why M or SM2? Why not M or 2? Because on the little ones, you don't want, on the little size, the XS, you don't want there to be a margin because there's nothing to the right of it because it auto collapses. Bing, bing. 10 out of 10. Yay. Yes. Perfect. Right, exactly. Because otherwise you would have this weird edge when it collapses. And anyone who's nitpicky will notice. (laughs) And there's a lot of nitpicky people on planet Earth. Many of them (laughs) hide on the internet, I think you'll find. (laughs) Okay. And they like to tell you why you're wrong. So yes, so that's why it's an MRSM2. 
Gotcha. Now, the MB dash two then is to make sure that there's some margin underneath. And even when the form is not collapsed, it's no harm to have a little bit of a margin under your form anyway. Um, but definitely when it collapses, you definitely want your MB two because otherwise your username, password and login button are going to bang into each other vertically. Ah, you, right, right. Now, if you're in a situation where you absolutely don't want the margin at the bottom until they collapse, you could do MB-SM-2. Sorry, not it. No, you'd have to do... You'd have to yeah. do MB2 and then no, because it's everything and up. So you don't want the bottom margin when it is fully expanded. So what you'd actually have to do is say MB2 and then you'd say MBSM20. <laughs> two right? Zero? Because from. Yeah, because. Sorry, not 20. MBSM0. So yes. you'd leave the yes. MB2 right, where it right. is. Yeah. Oh, so, so that was in hard this to case, say. I'll leave a little bit of margin. It's fine. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because okay. actually it is usually fine. You generally do want a little bit of margin underneath. But if you were to not want it, that's how you would get rid of that. You would basically say for all the breakpoints from small up, take the margin back to zero. Can I ask a dumb question here? When uh, when I start collapsing, I get to a certain point where um, uh, the login button jumps to the next line, mm-hmm. and is but it stays small. And then when I go down to the smallest size, it becomes the same width. Everything becomes full width, username, password, yes. and login. So at one point, I've, you've just run out of room. And so the inline, like, like a sentence is inline, a sentence will break oh, okay. as it needs to break. So effectively, each of these elements is like a word in a sentence. Okay. okay. And then the point where it completely changes is the point where you cross the break point and different right. CSS is being applied. And all of a sudden, the login button jumps to being a full width login button. Right, right. I completely forgot about the MR2 kind of thing to, that you can write. Uh, could have used that in last week's homework where I couldn't figure out how to get some stuff to move over. I kept like, shove over. <laughs> just put some yeah. spaces in here or something, and I couldn't get it to move over. Well, if it helps you remember, Bootstrap calls the MRs and everything the spacing utilities. Yeah. Okay. So it literally does what you were hoping for. Yeah. Okay, so there's our inline forms, and they're they're best suited to little itty-bitty things. So this is the opportune moment to throw something in that I haven't been sure where it would make sense to tell you about it. And this seems like the point. There are three sizes of form. This doesn't only apply to inline forms. This applies to all forms. There are three sizes. There is the default, there is a small, and there is a large. Now, they didn't go into extra small and extra large, so there are just three. So you can make a form smaller by giving it um where am i going so any okay so when we want to put something into a form we give it the class form control form dash control there is a form dash control dash sm and a form dash control dash lg so you need to give it both so you say form dash control to say behave like a normal form element and then in addition to that, be small. So it's form-control space form-control-sm. Okay. Or okay. LG. And there is a matching BTN or button, as I say, dash SM and dash LG for small and large buttons. So this is sort of like when you say border and then border dash two and border yeah, dash exactly. exciting or whatever those labels are. Yeah, black or danger, not not danger. It's dark, dark. or warning yeah. or success. I, yeah. I would just go look them up in the bootstrap documentation, Bart. I don't try to remember those things. Yeah, someone told that to me <laughs> once. It's apparently a good idea. 
so we okay, can see so here makes, an example. What makes it small? So, okay, so we have an example here in the code. So okay. our second code snippet is a small form. So we say P class equals form dash inline, so no change. Then we have our label, no change, because our label is invisible, so there, it has no size. Mm -hmm. Then we have our input type equals text, sum ID, class equals form control, space, form control, SM. Mm -hmm. So now that makes the username box smaller. Oh, and it then is slightly smaller, isn't it? It is. Well, that's okay. why I have the screenshot of the two of them, one under the other. And it's much more obvious when they're straight under each other in the same screenshot. Because, like, the login button is just, there's a whole different width there. And this font is smaller, and it's just a little bit tinier. And I have also decided that with a smaller with a smaller form, it actually makes sense to have smaller gaps. So I've used MRSM1 and MB1. Okay just to make yeah. it all fit together. And then your button is your standard button, but this time it has the classes button, button-primary, button-sm, form control, mb1. So the poor button needs a lot of work. Yeah, so I noticed this one, the login button doesn't word wrap. It doesn't scroll, you know, jump to the next line like a sentence like we talked about earlier. Yeah, because at no point in time does it take up the full width of the sm breakpoint. Oh, so by the time you get down to SM1 or to XS, it it, it, it has hasn't to filled the line anyway. yet, so it, it hasn't, hasn't wrapped. Yeah, oh, which is kind of to be honest. If I was doing this for real, I would adjust my form so that that was always true. Basically, hmm. I would intentionally use a small form because the the thing to watch out for when you're working with Bootstrap is to very very slowly widen your window to make sure there's no silliness in the last sort of five or ten percent of each breakpoint. Mm -hmm. Because that's where yeah. things can look really dumb. And if okay. someone's browser window happens to be at that size, you're going to end up with your website looking silly. Um, so right. sort of be so careful of the transition very, periods. Very slowly yeah. drag it. Okay. Yeah. You know, those transition zones are where the danger lies. And so I, I always like to just double check that they're okay. So in this case, the small form fits the bill perfectly because the small form behaves well. The regular form it doesn't behave nearly so well. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so there we go. We have small and large. And there is also a large form. And to illustrate the large form, I decided, just for the hell of it, where I would throw a form inside an obnoxious alert. Because I, I wanted a real-world example. So something you might want to be subtle would be a login page. And something you might want to be unsubtle would be a give me your email address. <laughs> so I made an alert, get her newsletter, uh, and then put into that alert a form. And that also illustrates the fact that forms can go anywhere. And inline forms in particular are very well suited to just being slung anywhere in the page that makes sense. So hmm. I popped them into an alert and I gave them the LG. So everywhere there was an SM in our previous example, I gave it an LG. And hey, presto, we now have a big, in-your-face, obnoxious, give me your email address and subscribe to our newsletter. Now, I don't see a GDPR warning yet, but I assume the code would do it if I clicked it. I was going to say, if it actually did anything, if it actually sent your stuff anywhere, it would indeed. But it doesn't. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a quick note, you're starting to peak a little bit on the audio. Then I shall back my volume off or back. I mean, you were very I, excited okay. about that newsletter, though. I mean, I can either I can either move my mic back or I can mess with volume sliders, which is least risky. It. Right now, it sounds great. Whatever you just did. Okay, I'm just standing a little further back from the mic. So I'll do that. Well, only when you get excited. Back up when you're excited. Up on the mic when you're... <laughs> and then when I'm whispering, I'll move right in. <laughs> there you go. I don't whisper very much. <laughs> Normally we do this stuff off the air, but I'm just in the mood to keep going. Yeah. Anyway, it's good for people to see that this, you know, how the sausage gets made. Okay, so that is okay, inline so forms. 
And the so the way you did that again is you said uh, form dash control and then form dash control dash large. I'm guessing, and then yeah. I'm guessing the button had a dash LG on it also. Bing bing, yeah, because otherwise the button would not be the same height as the input, and that would not look good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so there we go. So, and the last screenshot just shows that all three of them collapse down. So you can then see one under the other, a regular form, a small form, and our giant big obnoxious form, and they've all collapsed. <laughs> giant big obnoxious form. It is obnoxious. Okay. I don't like shouty forms. So the next type of form deals with... Well, you really with want ex- to make that a pop-up if you're doing it right. Well, see, I haven't told you about um, the bootstrap oh, the component for doing those obnoxious, you know, fade back. The whole page fades to a semi-transparent black and this thing comes up and blocks your view. There is a bootstrap component for that. It's called modal. And to be honest, that's what I would... If I was being an obnoxious person who would use an obnoxious form, I would definitely use that particular bootstrap feature. Well, I haven't told you about it yet, so I figured I'd, I wouldn't confuse things by putting two new things into one example and then making everyone not know which bit belongs to which bit. Right, sort of like right. your engineering thing of change one thing at a time. There you go. Okay, so the next type of form deals with an extremely common use case. You're going to see these kind of forms everywhere on the internet now that you're going to have a name for them. If you go to your average e-commerce website and you go to check out its label, next to the label, the text area. Next line, label. Next to the label, the next thing they want you to do. Label, that's called a horizontal form. So it's label next to the thing where they want you to enter in the stuff. And that's extremely common. And so common, Bootstrap has a whole thing for it. Now, these are a bit weird uh, because they... The way you do it is that you, you're you now back to using the form groups like we learned about with the default layout. So you have a form group which contains your label and your input and any help text you might have are grouped together into a form group, if you remember from our mm-hmm. first day of forms. What we're going to do now is we're going to turn that form group into something that behaves the same as a grid row, but it's not going to be inside a grid. It's just going to be inside the form. And to really mess with your head, we're actually going to call it a row, even though it's not inside a container. Okay, so um, so we are going to give we, our form group. You said instead of a grid, did we do a grid last time? Well, the, the only other time we've seen rows is inside the grid. Right. So this is the first time I'm showing you a row without a grid. Okay, okay. Right, I have never, every time I've seen, you've seen a row before, it's been inside either container or container-fluid. Yeah, we've done columns, but not right. been talking about grid lately. But columns okay. are part of the grid. Columns are part of the, yeah, so a grid is a container, which is either container or container-fluid, which contains one or more rows, which contains one or more columns, right? That is the grid. Okay, okay. In this case, it's a form that contains a row, which contains calls. Oh, without with no so no container is what I no be container. For. The form okay. becomes the container, but it's not given the class container or container dash okay. fluid. It's just a form. Interesting. Okay, which is a little bit weird. Um, and you can use the plain old row class if you want, but the row class has rather large what they call gutters between the columns because in a normal flow of text, you actually want a decent gap between the text in column one and column two. But in a form, you probably want them more compact. So there's an alternative type of row called form-row. So you could use row if you don't mind the big gutters, but the the, the specially crafted one is form-row. 
Hmm. Okay. And the only difference between a form row and a regular row is smaller gutters. So the same rules apply. 12 is the magic number. And so we're going to use these unit these divisions of 12 to divide up our horizontal form. So if you want really big labels, maybe you want them equal sized. I think it'd look weird, but imagine you did. Then you would have the label as six and the text box as six. But you probably want three, nine, or maybe four, eight. Okay. Right? But I, basically... I, I've, just, I've just gotten stuck on a, a question that I didn't think to ask earlier. Um, we've ask talked away. about there's We've talked about these different kinds of forms, but um, this horizontal form, I don't see us ever saying, this is a horizontal form in the... Yeah, in you the, don't explicitly. You just say form-row and it become, and then it behaves like one. Okay, so the form-row is what's going to make it behave like that. And it, but on the other ones, we did say form-control, form-small, right? Was it small, SM? Inline, inline. For, so form is the normal, form-inline is the not normal. But how? Do, but we said to make the way we said to make it small was oh form control form control and form control dash sm. Yeah. Okay. So the form controls are for styling the text boxes and so forth. None of that's changing. That's not laying out the form. That's sizing the things within the form. Okay. Then I form, lost okay, so how we made big forms and small forms. No, the forms aren't big. The things within the forms are big, right? A form control <laughs> okay. is a text box, a text area, a drop down. They're form controls. The things okay. people click on are the form controls. So when we made a regular inline form, a small inline form, and a large inline form, those were all the same kind of form. We were just messing around with how the how the boxes looked. Yes, the, that, the and text that, areas. That is, and, I should have been clear on that in hindsight. That is a very good clarification to make. Yes, yeah, so, so it's that's the same all type one of category form. of thing. Okay, and if you really wanted to, you could mix and match can't really Uh-oh. see why you'd want to, right? You could have, like, <laughs> I no, don't know, don't t- maybe don't, a teeny don't, tiny don't. little opt-out button and a really, <laughs> really big subscribe button. I don't know. I wanted to be evil. I would but they that. could exist in the same inline form. It would look weird in my mind to have different sizes within the one inline yeah. form, but you absolutely could. So if you gave one button an, SA, an SM and the button next to it an LG, you will have a small button next to a big button. I don't know why, but you could, right? Well, this would be kind of like the Stephen Colbert, uh, you know, George Bush, a great president mm. or the greatest president, right? <laughs> Making well, the answers be what you want. It, it's kind of scary, but if you've ever seen the ballot paper for the referendum in Germany that gave Hitler absolute dictatorial power, the ja button was giant, like the tick <gasps> box where you had to physically tick in, and the nine was tiny. They genuinely did that in the actual election that turned Germany from a democracy into a dictatorship. Well, that just sucks all the fun out of doing it to people now. Um, Doesn't it? (laughs) Okay, so let me get back to this. So inline form is a type of form, and we're changing whether or not they're big or small controls and how they react when you collapse and expand. But but a horizontal form is different than an inline form. Yes. So Okay. Okay. Let's step back a bit. So a default form is label stacked on top of some sort of form control followed by label, stacked on top of some sort of form control, all the way down. Yes? Okay. That was our default. Right. An inline form is one next to the other, next to the other, next to the other, next to the other. One giant big row. Like, all of them are just one big line. That's an inline form. Oh. Like words in a sentence. Inline. Yes? Yeah. With the one exception of at the tiniest breakpoint where they suddenly change their behavior and become a default form. 
So okay. I'm still seeing on inline forms. I'm seeing label input, label input. Right, but they're not, okay. I'm talking about how they look. They look like a sentence, right? Username followed by password followed by login. Okay. A default form like we've seen up until today, it would have been the label username visible on the page, then on a new line, the text box for the username, then on a new line, the label for the password, and then on the next new line, the password box, and then on a whole other line, the login button. That would be the default form like we learned about two installments ago, yes? Okay. No? Yes. Yes. I just, I'm, I'm getting tangled. Uh, I know. Okay, and so, I'm, so, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to untangle because otherwise we're going to talk, like, there's four of these. If we don't untangle now, we're really in trouble. Well, I don't even know. I don't know how many we've done now. We've either done four today so far, or we've just started the second one. We've just started the second one. So, okay. So the default is what we learned Technically the third, because we did the default. We did the default. Yes. And now we've yes. done inline, inline forms, which can be regular or small or large. And okay, now no, okay, right, okay I'm, I'm regretting my choices now. Any form can be small or large because it's not the form that's small or large. It's the buttons oh, that make up the thing. So you can right. use okay. a default form can be large or small. I just, didn't, I just didn't have an opportunity to tell you about it last time. Okay, okay, all right. So let me try saying it one more time. We'll see if I've got it. We have uh, regular forms, which is the kind we did last time where they're up and down of each other. And then a regular inline form or inline forms are across the page and they wrap mm-hmm. depending on what you've done to your margins and you know small yep. and medium large all that stuff uh the 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 mr small two kind of stuff and yes. now we're talking about horizontal forms which now will be what are they that isn't like a sentence going across the page it's like okay so each each form group is a sentence so the whole form isn't a sentence each form group is a sentence Okay. So if you if you look look on the, if you look in the document at the third sample form in or the fourth sample form called a horizontal form, mm-hmm. it's username followed by the username box, password followed by the password box. So it's horizontal. It's label next to form control. Label next to form control. Horizontal. So next to, I mean. Okay, so it says username. You're saying what and then, it looks like visually on the page, not what I'm looking, not not looking at the code. Right, because the okay, okay, code, yes, okay, got you. I'm caught up. I was just looking in the wrong place. So horizontal okay. is that username is to the left of the box where the username goes. Yes, exactly. So it's so everything to do with the username is a row. And then okay. everything to do with the password is a row. Right. So hence, they're horizontal. An inline form is just one big row for the whole kit and caboodle, right? The whole thing is one, one sentence. Here, okay. it's a sentence for username, a sentence for password. See the difference? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the way you're, you're designating this as that kind of form is calling it a form-row. Yes. And, it, and they're form groups within a form. Yes, exactly. So you use a form group like we're used to using. So the only one that doesn't really have form groups is is those inline forms because the, there is no grouping, right? It's just one big... Okay. Right, these have groupings, right? Username is a grouping, password is a grouping. So they, they have form okay. groups. Okay. So we literally we transform the form group into a grid row is what's really happening here. So we're saying div class equals form group form dash row. So we're saying, take this 
form group, which has a bunch of elements, and turn it into a row in the grid. Therefore, we now have to choose what size to have it. So we can say... Uh, so if you look in the example, we're giving label, and then we're saying class equals col-sm-3. Right, so everything bigger than three, or bigger than small, or small and bigger is going to be three columns wide. Yeah. For the username. Mm -hmm. Now, in order to make things line up nicely, we have to give our labels the class col-form-label, because otherwise they don't line up nicely with their opposite number. Huh. Oh, okay, because they might not be uh, vertically justified correctly. That is it exactly. It's the vertical okay. alignment is what's at issue here. So that class just makes sure that vertically things are correct. Okay. Uh, now, my second thing here, so the username is in one call, and then, as in the label username, and then the actual form input is in the next column, but it's not on its own. I also have some help text. Yes? Yes. It says some useless help text. <laughs> yeah. So in this case, I actually need to group those two together in a div and then give that div class call. Okay. So label is a call SM3, and then the the input and its help text together are the next call. And when you look at it visually, that is exactly what you see. Username is in the first column, and then the text box and its matching help text are in the second column. Do we agree? Right, 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 yeah. And so then we end the row, slash div, end of row, and then we start a new row. So we say div class equals form group, form row. Label, class equals call-sm, call-form-label. Then we have another div, class equals call, and then we pop in input, type equals password, class equals form control, all the usual stuff. Right. And then we have another div, class equals form row. Div, class equals call. We'll ignore the offset for now because I want to tell you about that, but I don't want to confuse you just yet. And then we have our button. And so when you look at that visually, we have what I think is a very typical type of form you see on a lot of websites. Label next to form control. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that is a horizontal form. Now, I know I derailed us, but that really helped going back over what we were talking about. Good. You call it derailing. I call it, this is why I have you on the show. (laughs) The amount okay. of value you add with these derailments is incalculable. All right. Um, now, unlike um, our inline forms, our um, horizontal forms don't collapse by themselves. Hmm. They leave that up to you. Hmm. So you get to decide at what breakpoint it happens. Because realistically, it's very unlikely that at the very, very smallest breakpoint, you're ever going to want your horizontal form to stay horizontal. When there's only 500 pixels, you probably actually do want it to collapse. But the thing is, you might want it to collapse earlier. You might want to collapse anything less than 700 pixels. So they'll leave it up to you because now it's just behaving like the grid. So everything we've learned about the grid applies to horizontal forms. So you just decide with whatever combination of SM, MD, LG, or XL, you decide what width every column is going to be. So it's just just up to you. Okay. Now, what's going on with that call offset? I know. 
Okay, good. Can, Tell me then. I can figure it out. So on your, so you've got username, pass, or username, username, password, password, and then your login button is over to the right in that second column. Well, there had to be some way you said, go get in the other column. You didn't make an empty call three. You said mm-hmm. offset this by th- uh, over as though there was one worth three on the left. That's it exactly. Yes. And that is called column offsetting. I haven't had an excuse to tell you about it. Now I have because yeah. I couldn't think of a real example. So it's no, just it's offset dash I could break tell what it meant. dash how much. Yeah. And the fact that you were just able to tell what it went is perfect because it shows that the bootstrap people did their homework. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, exactly. yeah so offsetting is how you just shift something over if you need to. Yeah. And the reason you wouldn't want to that. use an empty column is because when the form collapses, you then have this stupid gap. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, so the offset. Oh, Aha. now let me think about that. So you said offset dash SM dash three. So small and, and small larger. Small and above, chunk it over by three, three. But as soon as you get smaller than small, when you get extra small, it pops down and it's straight in line. Ooh, yeah, like there is no it. offset. So if you That's, always wanted an offset, it would just be offset dash three. But because I only yeah. want the offset from small and up, it's offset dash SM dash three. That's my favorite bootstrap thing so far. That's just really perfect. It's very pleasing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. So there you go. And so you can see the screenshots. That horizontal form behaves in a very sensible way, right? Up until as long as the breakpoints hold, you get nice horizontal form. And then whenever it becomes silly, it collapses into what looks like a default form like you're used to seeing. Yeah, yeah. So it's a well-behaved form that that is just like what you see on so, so many websites. Extremely common. Right, right. So the last type of form is your catch-all. Right? So our default form is stacked. We can have it all as one big row. If it's a small little form, we call that an inline. Or we can have these multiple rows of horizontal forms. And then there's every other type of form you could ever imagine is covered by the generic grid-based forms. Because you actually use the actual bootstrap grid. So you actually say container or container-fluid. No messing about. Now, you use container or container-fluid, depending on which container you want. But you can still, if you want the smaller gutters, use form-row instead of row. Hmm. So form-row behaves just like a normal row, but it's just everything's a little bit more compact. So normally the gap between your columns is quite large. And with a form-row, it's just smaller. That's the only difference. Hmm. And they call that the guttering. So it's the distance okay. between the first and the second column, but not the dis- distance between the edge of the screen and the first column. That's unchanged. So it's only the bits between the columns. And okay. I, th- I think because of like typesetting in the Middle Ages, they've been called gutters ever since then. <laughs> so we just right. call them gutters. So literally, any, everything we have learned, everything we've learned with our layouts, we now just apply to forms. We just use form-row instead of row. And then everything we know just holds true. And that's it. So in your grid-based form, um, I noticed that your username and password labels are not vertically justified. Uh, is there a reason you can't use call-form-label? Um, do you know, do you want to pop them in there and see if that makes them look better? Because it just might. Let me see. Let me see. So that's down on the grid-based form, and that's on the label, right? Yes. So grid-based form. So I'm looking for the word username. Let's see what happens. We'll find out. Yep, that does fix it. That does fix it. Good, good, good. 
look that at me. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. I that was my second that. favorite. That was my second favorite thing I learned today. I made a note. I got so Excellent. excited about it. <laughs> so this, right, there's nothing new here, right? Everything else in this example is just applying what we've learned before. But just to say, so what I have decided to do as an example is we're going to use our login form. But I'm going to have three different behaviors. So at the very, very smallest screen size, we stack it vertically. Then when you make it a little bit bigger, we have something that looks like a horizontal form. We have username, we have label next to one element, label next to one element. And then finally, at the very, very, sorry, that we have four behaviors. Apologies, I actually really went to town on this. (laughs) Just to prove that it's a full grid, right? So we have single column layout, then we have a two column layout, then we switch to a four column layout where we have username and username, password and password, and then one giant big login button in the next row. And then finally, on the very biggest breakpoint, we have it all in the one great big line. Yeah. And the actual classes take a lot of breaking down, but the key point to remember is the way I built this up was by starting making it look right on mobile Mm-hmm. And then one by one, adding in the classes to make it look right at the next breakpoint, to the next breakpoint, to the next breakpoint, which is entirely in keeping with the Bootstrap documentation's advice. Mobile first. So the very first thing I did was get my vertical working, which is basically called dash 12s all over the place. And then I went, okay, so at the next breakpoint, and I chose to use, which breakpoint? I use SM for the Small. next breakpoint. Yeah. Then I basically went, what do I need to do to make this look right on the SM breakpoint? And so you see, you start to see call dash SM dash three and call dash sm dash nine. So three and nine is going to give us our sort of horizontal two column layout, right? Three for the username, nine for the actual field. Right. And then your MDs, you're going to see it's a dash, call dash MD dash two. So two for the label. And then, is it three? How does it add up? Or is it two? Two (laughs) Two plus four and two plus four gives you 12. Yes. So yeah, so when we make them, when we make them into the next one, it's two for the label, four for the input, two for the label, four for the input, and I don't remember what I did in the last one. It's probably two, three, two, three, two. Just for your entertainment, everybody listening, it says call dash twelve, call dash sm dash three, mt dash sm dash two, call dash md dash two, mt. I'm like halfway done with all the things that he wrote. Yeah, <laughs> but remember, I never typed them all together, right? So every so you'd get it working on one breakpoint. Mm-hmm. And then you move up to the next breakpoint and you add in the sizes and the margins you need to make it look right at that breakpoint. And then you broaden your browser and you do it again. And then right. you broaden your browser and you do it again. So that's that's why they say mobile first. So you just get it looking right at each breakpoint then you widen up your browser window and make it look right again. And because mm-hmm. all of these breakpoints are everything from here and up, you're never going to break something behind you. Whereas if you start the other way, you're perpetually breaking things at the breakpoint you think you've already finished. <laughs> I, uh, the, the analog to that I think about is if you've written down spots in a recording where you messed up, as you're going yeah. along, you make little notes where you've messed up. If you start fixing it from the beginning, you're screwed. Because as soon as you yeah. change something at the beginning, you've changed all the things to the right. Always start at the end of your recording and work left to right. Yes, exactly. It's exactly the same thing. So always start at the smallest breakpoint, which is the default, which is... XS, the smallest screen, make that work and then make SM work and then make MD work and then make LG work and then make XL work. And you may decide that you're going to just treat everything up as far as MD is the same. Okay, well then two of your tasks were very easy. Then you make MD right and then you might say, yeah, I'm going to make XL and LG the same. Fine. One of your tasks was very easy. 
But that's always the way you do because that's how all the breakpoints work. It's this and up. Yeah, so yeah. So always work in the same way. That's pretty nifty. And so the key point here is not really to teach you the um, to teach you the grid again because we've done all that. It's just to say that you really can do anything you can do in the grid with a form if you just put the form inside a grid and use the class row, form dash row instead of row and then just go nuts right <laughs> anything we can do column reordering all of those weird things we learned about actually maybe we didn't teach you about column reordering there are also yeah, bootstrap classes did. did i okay but yeah i, I did so. yeah we did we did we covered reordering yeah so you could do all these kind of weird things you know at different breakpoints have stuff jump around the place with column reordering all of that is valid so cool and I think that should give you sufficient power to make your form look the way you want. I cannot imagine what more you could possibly need than the entire flexibility of the grid system. <laughs> right, right. If you want to do it by hand and, and chip it out of raw metal, you, you've got the option. Exactly. And that's sort of the way I would look at it, right? I would never say, oh, I'll start with a grid form. No, no, no. That's the sledgehammer. You don't bring out the sledgehammer for something simple. If you just have a trivial little form, just make it an inline form. You know, in another situation, maybe a default form is fine. And then if you are if you have a sort of a full page form, like a checkout form or something, you know, something where the form is the entire page, it's probably a horizontal form. Mm-hmm. And only when you're doing something really complex, you go the extra mile and you go into your grid-based forms. Right, right. Where you've maybe got a bunch of stuff on the left that you have to fill in and a bunch of stuff on the right you have to fill in. And the stuff on the right is actually in two chunks. Yeah, to be honest, at that stage, you're probably writing a web app instead of a web page. <laughs> but, I mean, you, right, people do write web apps, and they do have very complex UIs. And so that's mm-hmm. when you have the big tools where you can pull them out, which is your grid. Right, right. So, where are we now in the big picture? Well, so we've now learned how to do form layouts every which way you want, right? We have now covered all of the ways of laying out your form. We've learned how to take information from the user and we've learned how to make our buttons make the form actually do things, right? Mm -hmm. So the next thing I want to teach you about, which will be next time, don't worry, I'm not going to load your brain with any more stuff today. Um, The next thing we're going to do is something extremely cool, which is called input groups. And they're kind of hard to describe, but I promise you're going to love them. So if you've ever been on a web page where the text inputs have like useful little help things to the left and right attached to the text area. Like maybe the one where you enter the price has a dollar symbol stuck to the end that isn't actually part of the editable text. Hmm. Or it might have a point zero zero stuck to the back so you understand that they only want the dollar amount. Uh. Those things are input groups. And we're going to learn how to make those next time. Because you're okay. basically, you're taking your input, which is your text box, and you're grouping other things with it. So that like a button group behaves as one unit, even though it's made of multiple things, an input group is one unit made of multiple things. Okay. And they're, they're very powerful and useful and extremely pretty. So that's oh, what we're going to do next time. And then we're going to finish up forms with something very important and very powerful and very pretty, which is bootstrap form validation. Because Bootstrap has built-in styles for this is invalid, this is valid. So you can do the nice shouty, make it bright red, only in a very pleasing and tasteful way, and make it green when you get it right. Bootstrap has all that built in. Yeah, because, of course, the whole point of Bootstrap is don't reinvent the wheel. Well, that's an awfully common wheel. 
Right, so right. So, of course, it provides. So when they put their email address in where they were supposed to put the uh, their home address, it goes you can red. turn it shouty red? Okay. You can turn it shouty red, and you can even have help text appear and disappear depending on whether you're correct or incorrect. Nice. So you can have it say, yay, thank you, when you get it right, and have it say, boo, hiss, when you get it wrong. And as the user is typing in real time, it'll change from whichever help text you want. So your valid help text, your invalid help text. Ah, or you can could have, have no a- valid help text, so you can just have it go silent when you get it right. But it's all up to you. So it's it's really powerful. So now that I'm not allowed to make a great big yes button and a little tiny no button, I'm just going to make it when they hit when they hit no that it turns red and says wrong yeah. answer. <laughs> Do it again. Invalid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this Vote is not again. actually a choice. This looks like a choice, but it is not actually a choice. <laughs> okay. Well, I am going to set you a challenge this time. Goody. Uh, and I'm going to go back into a well we've plumbed quite deeply, but it's a good... I don't like giving you an empty page to work on because that's not realistic. So we're going to go back to our recipe and we're going to add two dummy forms to our recipe. So the first dummy form, I'd like you to add in a footer at the bottom of the page, something subtle. And in there, I'd like you to have a pretend login box for an admin of your hypothetical recipe website where your cool recipe is ho- hypothetically hosted. So your little form should have a text box for the username, a password field for the password, and a login button. And when the user clicks the login button, you should give them a message letting them know that the form is just a dummy form and that it's impossible to actually log in. Okay. And then I'd like you to add a big form that's actually, you know, that's going to stand out to people, uh, which is to pretend to send some feed, to send the recipe to someone, to basically send this to a friend form. So the sender name and email address, the recipient name and email address, and a message. And a button. Uh, I guess I should put okay. it in there. And a button. And when the user submits the form, it should put up a message saying, yeah, look, thanks for wanting to share this, but actually this does nothing. Sorry about that. <laughs> be snotty, be creative. I'll leave, I'll leave that sort of to you to, to, to do your thing. Uh, and the other thing is, our starting point is... A page we spent a lot of time building up so it behaves nicely at all breakpoints. Mm-hmm. Your forms need to do the same. So when you're finished, the page as a whole should still behave nicely at all breakpoints, including those two new forms you've just added. Okay. This is going to, I think this is the one that I went back uh, where Dorothy and I designed a uh, a new version of the PBS index that has all these nice little columns and stuff in it. So, Well, you can do the fun. same, right? Because yeah. to be honest, the content of the page isn't what matters. What matters is that you have a page which already behaves at different breakpoints, and then you're going right. to add in some new content and make it not misbehave. Right. So basically the That's- new content has to behave nicely, and you can't make the page suddenly not be nice anymore. Has to, you have to retain all, Fine. retain everything you had and make it better. I like that because it's going to force us to, uh, or force me anyway, to try to remember what we did before. Yeah, so you, you know, you're going to have to resize the browser a few times and see how it behaves and then go have a look at the classes and say, oh, yeah, okay, that's why it's an SM dash whatever. Okay, so that really is where we stand in the great big picture of things. So we have done three installments on forms. We have two to go. So you can say we've crossed the hump of forms. I'm liking forms. I want them to keep going. These are fun. Well, these are fun, but we have, we have, bootstrap is big. We have have (laughs) much to do and it's all fun. So trust me, you're not going to, I think you're going to continue to smile as we go through these. There's lots of fun stuff to come. Good, good, good. All right, Bart. Well, this is fun. We'll uh, talk to you again in a couple of weeks. 
Indeed. And until then, happy computing. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.